Magandang gabi sa inyong lahat. Today's episode, we are going on to the spooky, weird, and terrifying side of Metro Manila. We're talking, of course, about the new Netflix animated series based on the award-winning comics, Trece. You don't need to do that voice if you really wanted chocolate though. I just really want chocolate, okay? It's so relatable. Wouldn't you spill the tea? I'll you some. I would do anything for chocolate right now. I don't remember and what chocolate tastes like. What? Oh, well. I, w- I wish the big one existed, but yeah, anyway. Yay, Trece! <laughs> I'm allergic to peanuts. <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh. Y'all suck. <laughs> yeah, but You're that doesn't stop you. Nutsist. That, that doesn't stop you from eating Reese's peanut butter cups. Don't tell my doctor that. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to die happy. I will. Okay, we're, we are again, the... we're, again, we're talking about food. <laughs> we're not here to talk about food. This is a food podcast. We just did the movie thing just to get the studio on our side. Yes, yes, yes. No, so on right. today's menu. <laughs> okay, oh, before we forget anything else, we are the Subotours. I'm Misha. <laughs> I'm MJ. And I'm Anjo. And we're, we're talking, talking about, about movies. Not oh, food. Oh. Okay, we talk yeah. about food and movies. <laughs> and movies. <laughs> okay, we okay. already started with chocolate. It's all downhill from here. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, technically, uh-huh. Tresa isn't a movie, but it's highly anticipated, and we're very proud that it is um, a local. It is of local origins with the comic book by Kajo Baldissimo and um, Bujetan. Bujetan. There you go. Uh, yeah. Yes. So yeah, people were waiting for it. We've had two dubs, well, two advertised Three. dubs. You also have it in oh, Spanish well. and etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, Japanese. But yeah, starring beautiful Filipinas, Liza Soberano and Shay Mitchell. Yeah. What was cool about it was that it seemed that they took a lot of effort to preserve the, for lack of a better word, the Filipino-ness of it, which I greatly enjoyed. And you can see that in everything from the casting to the production design. For the English voice cast, it's the majority of, it's the majority mm-hmm. of them are Filipino-Americans, including the likes of Lou Diamond Phillips, Dante Basco, Shay Mitchell, who is Filipino-Canadian. So Darren Chris is there they, too. Jason Mendoza. <laughs> Wait, what's his oh my name? God. Sorry, can we can you just say I was so surprised he was there because every time I hear or you know I see him, all I hear is but I thought this is what this is what cheating meant. It's like all I all I all I hear from him is his voice as um as uh is his character in the good place. Jalapeno you know who poppers? I missed? I missed Pill Boy. What? I miss Pillboy because I saw him in Loki and I'm like, how come he's not in Tresser? Oh yeah, Pillboy is in Loki. I haven't mm-hmm. seen Loki yet though. I've seen the screen caps. <laughs> anyway, back to Tresser. <laughs> right, okay. So, so it's… The- <laughs> okay. So it's an, a six episode Netflix original anime and um, it premiered early June. And um, yeah, I got a lot of people talking, especially, of course, it's target market, the Filipinos. And uh, yeah, we loved, we loved how 
relatable it has been from the start, even through the four-minute trailer or the four-minute snippet of the start, even before we watch the series. It starts with the MRT breaking down. And can, can, you, can you even get more relatable than that? The MRT breaking down. Yes, this is so Filipino. How effing sad is that? And, and the cool thing is that, you know, it was based on the comic book. And because the creators aren't based in Manila anymore, the si budget is um, in Denmark and Sikadro is based in Davao. But when they were prepping the show, the producers, um, see si Jay Oliva, the director, who's also Filipino-American, and uh, some of the design team, they came to Manila with a list of places that budget made for them. Places that they had to visit to get a feel for the city. Places that were essential to this, to get um, an essence of what they were trying to get across. And they rode the train, I heard. Budget said that they rode the train. <laughs> he may, he, And it didn't break down that day. But oh, thank God for them. But it came up in conversation while they were on the train. Oh yeah, this thing breaks down all the time. And they're like, holy crap, that sounds scarier than anything in the comic book. We got to put that in. <laughs> because they said that, yeah, people have to walk on the, on the tracks in the middle yep. of the night. Oh my God, we're putting that in. So, and they did. And I've done did, that. Yes. Well, not in the middle of the night, but I have done that. Yeah, I've, well, done, I've, I've actually fallen onto the tracks. Oh my God. You're, okay, I, I can. Ex- no, mm. I have a good reason. Okay, I dropped my pen. <laughs> so I Jesus. bent over to. I bent over to get the pen, and and then my backpack went over my head. And next oh thing I know, next thing I know, I'd done like a forward flip onto my back. I was like lying on the rails. I'm like, <gasps> oh, what the hell did God. I get the, down here? The the worst that's happened to me was my bag was left hanging out of the door. <laughs> this is so bad. I was like, oh, my stuff. Oh, wait. Luckily, I, yeah, I, I also, luckily, luckily, my bag was intact afterwards. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and nobody stole it or something. Yeah. Yep. Well, because the stealing happens a lot. Well, there, that, wasn't, that wasn't the MRT, that was the LRT. So it's still our trains. Uh, it's still there was our this trains, one time. Yeah. Our, yeah, our trains suck. Yeah, they really do. There was this one time I was walk. Um, it was crowded, right? So everybody's trying to get in, catch that train in front of them. So I was just like, "Alam mo yung papadala ka na lang sa crowd. Di ka na naglalakad." And then, and then when I got to the mid, when I got to the door, my leg literally slipped up in the in between of the. The, the platform the, and the door? Yeah, the platform and the door in between what my legs. shit? <laughs> I oh, was shit. really skinny back then, but you know, <laughs> I fell there. Good thing Jesus. people helped me up. But oh, anyway, that, sucky that, thing. That, that, that happened to a friend of mine too. But, but she wasn't, <laughs> you know, but she wasn't really the, a skinny a skinny girl. See, that, that's but the cool thing. Because, you know, <laughs> y- you, 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 you were helped. I was not. I was lying on the tracks. <laughs> I was like, how did I get down here? And everyone was just looking at me, but nobody made a move to help me. Like, I had to pull myself up out of there. And they were all just still looking. Nobody was helping. Oh, Aww. I thought they were laughing. No, they were not. They were just being jerks. <laughs> In well, my defense, you- it was a cool pen. What was G-tech. the pen? <laughs> It was Pilot. a pen Pilot. that I got with my McDonald's sticker in the bathroom. Oh my god! <laughs> was that anyway. your only pen? Okay, going back to Tres. <laughs> <So like, laughs> 
See how Sorry, relatable it already is? Just like know, one right? part of it. The train yeah, breaking down the, triggers so many memories. everybody's got horror <laughs> stories, man. There's <laughs> horror <laughs> stories about like, riding the trains okay. here. Yeah, but going going back to what Misha said about um, the design team, the art team, they had that that, that came here just to see uh, with Budget's bucket list or like list of places they had to see uh, because he used it in his in his original material. I found it really cool because it was one of the things that w- made this year so authentic. You know, like as much as as how supernatural it was or how fictional the the, the source material was. This 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 series was just so authentic because you had iconic buildings or iconic streets that you would yes. see as a Manilenio. Like you would see um, what was that uh, De La Costa in Makati, yes, um, the Mir- the Miralco building along Ortigas. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know the skyline of Makati with that gigantic um, pyramid on top of one of I, I don't know what the name of the building is, but you you know what I'm talking about. That's and probably cool one of my that, favorite parts. Yeah, exactly. Because in in that in in that building, they actually were able to use that image in the storyline, right? There's actually, it was actually part of a character's, where a character lives. Where a character lives. <laughs> I just said it. I was just trying to find a, the right words. For anyone wondering, the, stor- the story revolves around Alexandra Trese, who is a paranormal detective who helps out the cops whenever something weird, spooky, creepy, or supernatural happens in Metro Manila. That's why it was really cool seeing places that we could identify, places that we've all been to, places that we all know, basically, by sight. And I'm just right. The fact that we could like actually relate to, those ga- to the places and themes of the story as they were happening it just added another layer for local audiences and i guess this is what people in new york must feel like whenever they see their city ravaged by aliens and monsters and ghosts and demons and robots and you know (laughs) whatnot but in this case seeing filipino supernatural mythological creatures demons entities it was just it it was incredible it was a trip Mm mm-hmm Loved mm-hmm, it, mm-hmm. and they were so they were painted so beautifully too. And it's it's not like it's not a photo photo, but you know the rendering of it. It's it's just it fits so well with the animation, and it it's still very familiar. And you, oh, I've walked that street at that time, and it does look like that, and it feels yeah. just like that. Only extra creepy because there are demons, but you know, probably when we're all okay and walking out there in the world again, we'll not see them the same way. Probably expect like a little Nuno somewhere <laughs> to pop up while you're walking down that. Street. Depends so, if you have chocolate or, or not. So it's like you haven't seen the show. It's basically like if Batman, John Constantine, and Buffy had a child in, in Manila. That's basically it. Yeah. And it's, yeah. it's just fun seeing how much ass she kicks and how she mm-hmm. works in… How how the creators were able to work in um, classical bits of our mythology and, and wrap them around a modern day framework. And yep. seeing it on screen on an international platform like Netflix, that is just insane. Because mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but see, Budget and Kajo, they started making this essentially on their lunch breaks back in the days when they were young advertising people in like the early 2000s. And it got to the point where Kajo told Budget, um, just write it 
and I'll draw it. I don't care what it takes. I'm, I'm going to commit. I'm going to draw an ink one page a day, every day until we finish Co- one story. Co- cool. Correct and, me if and, I'm and wrong. that's what they did. Correct me if I'm wrong. Didn't they start this out as like this online thing where they would just post the their original artwork, original material online until it got compiled and they were able to publish it as a book? Is no. This, this- they, they just printed it. They printed it in a nearby photocopy shop and they stapled their own <laughs> copies. And Aww. yeah, they hand them out to local comic book stores. I think they were selling Basic, them. Basically what um, Eastman Self-publishing. and Blair did for, for Ninja Turtles. Ninja Turtles. The first one, yeah. <laughs> so, and then, so the first, so like budget said like they would give the comic shop like 30 copies and then the week later the guys are asking for more so they would give more and then eventually the comic book stores were asking for more stories so they made more stories until awesome. you know they were able to get like proper publishers and so on and so forth and now mm. there's like seven volumes of compiled short stories and, and that's now there's what like the a show TV is based se- on. A Netflix series and now, <laughs> and that now there's, there's a Netflix, Netflix series like 15 years later. Like, holy crap. I, I got… I what are we doing read. with our lives? <laughs> I, I can know. imagine the labor of love that went into that. Like photocopying each page and doing everything mm-hmm. by yourself. And to see everything unfold and celebrated this way in mm-hmm. 2021 must feel amazing. Yes. Insane. Absolutely. And the funny thing is like budget works for the ad agency of Lego now in Denmark. So he's still in advertising, but you know, it's something that's near and dear to him now. He's doing Lego and he's like juggling interviews with media from all over the world while doing his day job as advertising in Lego. And I asked him, do they know what you're doing? And like, he's like, no, I didn't tell them. I'm like, are you serious? (laughs) Why? You're talking to media all over the fucking world about your Netflix show and you get like paalam sa bosmo. Nice. That's funny. Uh, does the boss know now? Because if they listen to this, that's I a they good to this question. Podcast. I, have I a, doubt they listen port- to this podcast. Whatever. I, I have nobody listens quest- to this podcast. <laughs> I have a more important question though. Does he get discounts from Lego? Uh, <laughs> what does your wife know you're soliciting for Lego? <laughs> hey, it's for my kid. That's what they all say. He's too young to play with Legos. What? No, it's for us to share our time together. Come on, you're so full of shit. Your kid can't even hold his head up by himself yet. He can. Have you seen my Instagram stories? Jeez. Fine, <laughs> fine, fine. But back to the show. Um, what I like about the show was in the first five minutes, they do a really good job of setting the mood. They open it up with a crime scene. The cops are there. And th- right off the bat, you know exactly where you are. They start with a shot of the Balete Street. and oh, Balete, <laughs> The street sign on Balete the corner of Balete and 13th. <laughs> And I'm like, it, it just sucks you right in because, you know, we we all grew up hearing ghost stories of Balete. We've mm-hmm. been there, we've seen it. So to to see to 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 see it realized in animated form by animators and creators who obviously love the source material, it was just really cool to see. Mm-hmm. Yep. My my friend actually messaged me like, wait. That's where I used to drive. <laughs> See any white ladies there? No, thankfully that was around 4 p.m., 5 p.m. Okay. <laughs> Jeez, I would not want to see a white lady in the back seat. Like seriously though. Okay. Nope. I have a question though. So we were mm-hmm. talking about the Filipino dub and the American dub. Which one did you guys end up watching in? I would flip-flop between the two. Yeah, same. Um… <laughs> 
my 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 wife will kill me for saying this, but you know, I will. She's, she's got <laughs> lots of reasons to kill you. Yeah, that's true, but um, <laughs> she's not she's not quite as good in under or not. She can't pick up Tagalog as fast as she can pick up English. So sometimes we would flip flop between the two dubs. I love how you tried to be diplomatic and you still screwed it up. <laughs> No matter how Hi, diplomatic Bosh. I try. No, 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 no. This is like when you tell her that she won't uh, understand because she's from AC. That's horrible. Whoa! What? I don't say that. <laughs> I didn't say yes, that. Yes, you did. You did that one time. Not on recording. <laughs> <laughs> and she was there. And she was beside me when I said it. Uh, exactly. Yeah, I, I said it to her face that she wouldn't understand. <laughs> was this the time we were playing Call of Duty on Zoom and she did a, a death glare of some sort? I think that was the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Anyway. <sighs> um, I, I personally, I like the Filipino dub. I know that there's issues with it, but for me, it just worked better in the local context because mm-hmm. you're watching… A Filipino story with Filipino characters. I know the comics were written in English originally, but yes. it just weirded me out in the English dub where Alexandra is the only one with a pure North American accent and everyone is trying their best to sound Filipino, Filipino. speaking English. I, I, but there was but, um, I'm sorry. I, think, um, I don't know. No, no. I think it's because they all grew up in America that they all mm-hmm. just sounded Mexican in their attempt yeah. to sound Filipino. No, yeah, no, like um Anton Anton Trece just I don't know. Anton Trece sounded like he was he was confused. Like he was uh, he wasn't sure if he was Chinese or Mexican. It's like he would go like Alexandra Trece. It's like what? I don't understand this guy's accent. I don't know where he came from. Anton is Alexandra's father. For everyone listening. (laughs) Yeah, I know you know they don't. (laughs) Uh Okay. I just assume that they've seen it, so. Well, some people were complaining about the the Tagalog version probably not rolling as smooth to the tongue or like with the… So, the AV lock was fit more for the English. Yeah. Because I think it was originally dubbed in English and then, Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, they just like put Filipino over it, which is why it didn't fit as smoothly when you were watching it. But I still preferred the Filipino version because I don't know, it just felt like classic anime to me. I do have some qualms over (laughs) some of the voice acting, which we will get to later, but. In general, it felt like I was watching GMA Seven in the afternoon. Yes. Oh, hell probably yeah. something the like Ghost Fighter. On. Yeah, it really felt like that. And even if the language was deeper than what was natural conversationally for us, it's mm-hmm. still like it still has that vibe of the classic anime mm-hmm. using really deep words and <laughs> trying to sound intimidating, especially for the villains. Like if you were like Taguro or like something. Kind of like that. So it, it just had that element of nostalgia still. Yeah. I, I, I have the same sentiments. I enjoyed the Filipino dub just because it reminded me of my childhood. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like took issue with Liza Soberano as Trece. But yeah, I actually kind of liked it because she got the whole deadpan thing. Because in my head, this character is, you know, it's Batman. She's not emotional or expressive mm-hmm. in any way. So the deadpan <laughs> thing kind of works. But you're yeah. right. You could tell when she was having trouble with the Filipino. Yep. Yeah, could. she's um she she's a more she's more used to speaking in English, but especially you could see the difference. First line, first line, palang she said Manila in such an Englishero accent. 
Manila. Manila. And then started in deep Tagalog, <laughs> Tagalog right after. So, parang medyo may disconnect nun. <laughs> but, um, she did okay. But props to the effort though. Yeah, she really put an effort to it. It was a good I effort. I appreciate it. But I mean, especially when see, she got the incantations, it got to the incantations na rin. Yeah. Diba? I guess just as a voice actor, she's not as trained as she is like in front of the camera with her beautiful face and like um, very expressive face. But maybe her voice is just not there yet. But you could see her progress as the series went by. The, the thing about the English dub, Naman, with um, Shay Mitchell um, as as Alexandra in the in English version. It's oh, like, Shay was great. She was, she was gr- very expressive. She was great mm-hmm. in getting across the character's emotions and motivations across. But it would fall apart whenever she had to do the incantations in Filipino. Yeah. Because that just pulled me right out of well, it. Well, well that, that's, that's to be expected. You know what I mean? Like, I doubt she can speak Filipino. At all, you know, but of course, but then you would have to give her, you know, props for for trying at least, right? Yeah, but well, everything else, she was really good. She but Mitchell, yeah. she was very good. You, you like know, she's acting, like, a, I'm an actress. Acting <laughs> wise, acting wise, she beat Liza Sabrano. Like, I'm sorry, but yeah, she Mitchell got the acting part, like hundred yeah, percent. Yeah, she did. Um, although, well, there's also this debate going on on why Liza. You see fan edits of other people. Dubbing over Trese or like other actresses dubbed dubbed over Trese with old lines from other teleseries or something, and um, yeah, there's also this debate on why didn't you just get an, a professional voice actor? It's like I understand why they needed the star power because they oh, wouldn't absolutely. have advertised this as hard as they could have without the star power. Because like That's really true. before <laughs> before this whole Netflix series, did any um, not many people know knew about the comic. Most of most of the people, me included, only found out for the first time when they were already putting out the trailers marketing. and ads and marketing already. Mm-hmm. But like they really did need a star. It's it's star kind of power. like a yeah. It it's uh it's also something that the industry practices. I guess maybe maybe it's a deep rooted. I'm I'm not sure if it's an issue, but it's a deep rooted thing that people really need star power for people to really get yeah, into I, I it think, because we're I a very celebrity centered culture. I, I think it's the Absolutely. same concept as if they're releasing an animated movie. You get people who are really famous to voice, you know, voice the characters in an animated movie. Like um, let's say the the new the new Super Pets cartoon with The Rock and um, Kevin Hart. <laughs> I'm like, so excited for that. It's like yeah, yeah, you know, like I mean, I don't think they'd get an unknown voice actor for that just because. It's a big release because you know. Well, like, okay. Um, I'm gonna show my age at this point, which was gonna happen sooner or later, I guess. <laughs> but, hasn't, um, it, hasn't it been happening? Why you gotta be a episodes? jackass? <laughs> <laughs> no, I was gonna say what you're saying now about famous voice actors in animated movies. That l- something that literally only started with 1992's Aladdin from Disney mm. with Robin Williams as a genie because before that they made it a point like no big name actor would be caught dead doing voicing an animation because they didn't you know they looked down on that sort of thing think about it for the first mm-hmm. 50 years of Disney animation you can't name a single person in any of those movies but from Cruella. Aladdin onwards it, they made it a point <laughs> because it became a part of the marketing mm-hmm. and they realized that hey we can sell um, animation 
on the names more than the story or as the case may be. But in this case, MJ is absolutely right. You couldn't put a veteran voice actor's name on all the billboards that Teresa is on right now all over all over the country. But you can put Liza Soberano. So I get where they're going with it, especially since it's their first effort at adapting mm-hmm. a Filipino property. Yeah. Um, and if this, I mean, it, it could have been much worse, honestly. But <laughs> yeah. I think it turned yeah. out pretty yeah. well. I, I liked yeah, it. I, I liked it. I mean, I wish we lived in a world that we didn't need to get, uh, you know, star power or whatnot. So to give more avenue for voice actors, like professionals, to actually mm-hmm. shine on their own industry. But, you know, that's not our world. And unfortunately, well, hopefully we'll get there. But unfortunately, that's not the case. It's not the reality. I mean, I do also, I mean, you know. Yeah, going going back to what Misha said earlier, I do do. I mean, like as a fan of the 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 books, I do agree with what Misha said that Liza Sobrano kind of nailed the whole deadpan thing because you know she's Tressa as a character is this calculating, cold calculating character. She's not. She's analytical. She's not yeah. supposed to show any emotion. I I totally agree with that. Right. She's Batman. Well, <laughs> Batman. <laughs> I'm Batman. Batman. <laughs> No, <laughs> but here's the contrast. Here's the contrast. You just because if you compare Shay and Liza, obviously, well, they did both nail the deadpan part, but you know, Shay still like took it up to another level. Still, I mean, mm. you can be like a cold character but you'd still have range somehow which Liza was lacking yeah. a little bit but I really hope for yes. her that in the future she improves on it especially if there's gonna be a season 2, 3 etc etc I hope there's a season 2 oh man I really yeah. hope there's a season 2 because like there's I mean, like, so many good stories that they yep. haven't told yet I mean they've just they've, it's just the tip of the iceberg like there's so much lore like um, there's so much lore to explore it's just funny like a rap lore to explore anyway <laughs> Lord to explore. Oh, oh. No, but there's just so much depth into no it because you know, no more. There's just so much depth into like the you know we've only touched the tip of what Pinoy mythology is all about. You you we didn't even see what what other things could have been in could have been happening in this in this reality in the reality of Alec- Alexandra Tres's world. So let's get to the folklore. Something that we all obviously loved about it. These are familiar characters to us. Like the Tikbalang, mm-hmm. the, the, the white lady, the Chanak, and everything. So it's just like… Sorry, white lady sa balete drive palang. It's like, ah, childhood fear. Very specific. Very specific <laughs> also. Like, like, ah. like, white ladies can be like anywhere. But you had to go with the one in balete drive, obviously. Yeah, right. It's the most iconic street yeah. for, for, for that story. Mm-hmm. Can and I be honest? <laughs> Sorry, can I just be honest about the whole white lady thing? Okay, uh, it made me laugh that they didn't bother trying to explain what the hell a white lady is in the English dub. So I'm imagining some American audiences were hella confused. <laughs> so there's a dead white woman. <laughs> you mean Caucasian or? <laughs> I see. I mean, this like- is a racist cartoon. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> Well, given that, you know, it's not for them anyway. I think they really just like geared it towards people who would appreciate and understand. But if they watch it, I hope they like it. You know? Fingers crossed. No, but but the one thing I found cool was how they modernized like certain creatures like the Tikbalang. I mean, like, how would you embody a Tikbalang in the modern world? Oh, drag racer. Like some that people found it. Me. Fo- it some people sense. found it forced, but that really make made sense to me. Because they're supposed to be these 
horses. They're supposed to be fat, you know, these fast demonic horses, you know. That's kind of cool. It is pretty cool. So let's go into the episodes themselves. Um, for anyone who hasn't seen the show yet, we are going to go into spoilers. So you have been spoiler warned. down, spoiler down. <laughs> and for, and for anyone th- who hasn't seen the episodes, shame on you, Pinoy Pride. Where's your Pinoy <laughs> Pride? Man? Come on. Wow. Netflix? <laughs> <laughs> That's even Don't worse than the white shaming from that dead lady in the first episode. <laughs> Is Tressa secretly racist? I can see the no. clickbait now. No. <laughs> okay. The first, the first You're so fixated story. on the white lady, Misha. I don't know. It's not every day you run into a white woman dead on the street. <laughs> okay, moving on. The first uh, something you'll notice right off the bat if you've been reading the if you've actually had a chance to read the books is that these episodes lift from a lot of different stories to make the individual episodes. So the first the first episode um, opens up with the white lady, which is actually one of my favorite stories from the comics. But it goes in a completely different direction, combining it with things that happen from later volumes, actually. And in this one, mm-hmm. it this first episode, as much as I love that it sets up the world of Trece, it also comes across as a bit of an info overload. If you're not familiar with these creatures, with this city, with these demons and whatnot, Mm -hmm. you're going to be overwhelmed. Uh, I I don't think that's just me. I'm I'm sorry. uh, Because I read the books and it's it's been a few years since I've read the books the last, you know. It was kind of overwhelming to me. As somebody who's read the books, I found it so overwhelming just because they had to mix in certain, the past and the present. Right. Um, mm-hmm. in, in case you haven't seen the, for people who haven't seen um, the show, there would be ep- there would be there would be moments where there would be a case in the past, and then they would jump from past and present times, which is kind of jarring in my opinion. Even if you know some of the the flashbacks with Anton Trece were mostly in black and white, and some with the mom were in full color, so it was kind of jarring, you know, even to somebody who's read who's read the books, you know, to see these time jumps. I, it's funny, I, Panga, that she was even younger with a mom than she was with Anton Trece. Yet the one with the one with Anton Trece would be the ones in black and white. That is kind of weird. But mm-hmm. it, it, the thing is, like you and I read this before watching the show. MJ read it after watching the show. W- yeah, what did you I think, did. MJ? Um, to be fair, it got me interested in reading the books. That's how compelling it was to me first time around, first time watching it. But it. It didn't feel confusing to me. I guess I wasn't just I just wasn't looking that into that nitty-gritty. Although, yeah, there were moments that flashbacks were in black and white and then and then some were in color, but that didn't necessarily confuse me, but I did feel that it was rushed. Like yes, so many things were already happening and they were getting down to like the big picture of this um every episode or every encounter with a certain supernatural being or every case would lead to a bigger picture. But it jumped into that really fast. I wanted to get to know a little bit more about the characters before we got into the pow, 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 pow. Yes. Action, action, action. Yeah. Act- yeah. One of my favorite characters in in the story are, were the Kambal, uh, oh, yeah, twins. Of they, they were, Basilio. 
you kind of got that they were kind of the comic relief sidekicks yeah. and that really pushed through yeah. naman, but I wanted to know more I guess like yeah. how the, how is their dynamic how uh, yeah which was to, to me kind of a waste considering majority of the storyline of the flashbacks with Anton Trece was the storyline of or the origin stories of the Kambal of Crispin yeah. and Basilio. It's like before you get into any important flashbacks, you need to get to know the characters a bit more. But they just yeah. jumped into that so Agreed. quick that they're like, oh, yeah. here's the backstory, by the way. But you're not as interested in the characters yet to care about the backstory. Agreed. So, mm-hmm. so it's like, well, okay, so I just went on with it and I enjoyed the entire ride. But at the end of it, it was like, oh, I wish I got to know Alexandra more. I wish I got more from the Kambal or like the three of them. They're, you know, they're tr- they're, they're dynamic as a trio. And you know they what, showed you know snippets, what, but mm, kulang. You know what I felt yeah. like? I felt like they were trying to do so many different things. But they only had six episodes. So like they threw in everything but the kitchen sink. They threw in an overarching storyline that goes across all six episodes. They threw in the flashbacks mm-hmm. to Alexandra's, Alexandra's childhood. Her mm-hmm. issues yeah. with her dad. The backstory of the Kambal. The backstory of the bad guy. To the point that every episode now feels overstuffed. But mm-hmm. I th- And at the same time, they're trying to set up this world. Mm-hmm. And, and that yeah. only contributed to the overstuffed feeling. But maybe… Yes. It was because they weren't sure they were going to get a second shot at this. So they just wanted to do as much as they could get away with now. Yeah, I guess I understandable. understand. Yeah, understandable. I understand. Mm-hmm. I still That's enjoyed scary. it overall, but it just like left you it wanting more. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It did feel rushed. And that's just what I'm hoping for in season two. Like, okay, you've done the big setups. You've you've gone through this one big storyline already. Then I hope you make season two and take time to breathe a little bit and get yeah. to know the characters a little bit more. I Even mean, if you just like add like teeny tiny cases, like how the books are, they start mm-hmm. with um just like case to case to case to case that they don't they, they yeah. didn't need to be interconnected yet. But I got to know mm-hmm. the characters a little bit more. Right. Yeah, that's so, that's, that's how I uh, kind yeah. of pictured it in the fir- in the first place. Because you know, I think it allows you some time to breathe, some time for mm. the characters um, right. to grow on to, to grow on to you as you're yeah. watching the the program yes. or the the show. So that's what I kind of wish they did instead of mm-hmm. doing the whole flashback thing. Uh, oh, okay, this is we're focused. We're trying to focus on Alexander Teresa. Yet there's such so many things happening all at the same time. Like. We all know that the, the Kambal are tied down to the overarching story. I mm. wish they just saved that for a later season. I wish they just really did the whole setup of the world. And I think what MJ said about them doing a, a one case per episode would have been helpful. Because then and there, we could have been able to probably like uh, understand Trese as a character or, or, or the twins as a character. You know, even the supporting characters would get more… You, you know what? Well, something that you said like… I, I rereading the stories after watching it, I, I I was like looking at them and I'm like, you actually could have done like three cases per episode, like in 10 minute segments, rather yeah, than like- taking three or four cases and then mashing them up into one episode and everything overlapping with each other. You're 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 absolutely right, the two of you, that it would have been nice, like if you get these self-contained stories that immersed us a little bit before they mm-hmm. got got into the mythology of it. But mm. overall, I, I think they did a decent job decent, um, yeah. in tying yeah, everything yeah. together because I, the I, hype I, for I, this has been insane since yeah, I watched. I don't, 
I don't think it's it was bad to begin with. I think it's de- decent. I think it's good. In fact, um, that they were able to do it in such a short amount of time. It's six episodes, and they, mm-hmm. it, you know, I think it was just such an ambitious goal. You know, uh, to the to the, the the producers of the show that oh, we want we want point B. You know, getting from point A to point B. They we they wanted point B to be this epic fight. You know. Yeah. I, I only wish that, although I did enjoy the ride, but something I appreciated about the books that I wish was in the series. Well, this is only after I read the books. It's like you realize how much deeper they go into each mythological creature or quote-unquote villain that they encounter. Because it's not just like, oh, I'm an evil demon, blah, blah, blah. It's just like it also has a backstory or motivation between each creature that they didn't really go into here in the series. It's just like, oh, this person's connected to this person, connected to this person, but why? That's true. That's true. And um, while they did retain a lot of the in-jokes, like the electric um, the electric demons hanging out at Morocco no, headquarters, because that was fucking hilarious, can I <laughs> just say? Was, that was genius. I was laughing so hard <laughs> when I realized, oh my God, they're fighting in Morocco. I go, I pass by every single it was those kinds of touches that Budget and Kajo threw in that made it, you know, ours. These were our yeah. stories. but And the show, for the most part, does a good job of translating that. It just yeah. I, I noticed that they took some liberties with other things that would take a little more context to explain. Like, for example, um, Jeremy, their hacker contact, right? He's now a ghost. Whereas in the books, he's essentially the unwanted lizard baby under Robinson's Galleria. So, <laughs> who grew up oh, into yeah. a, an online, an e-gamer. So, you know, a ghost takes a lot less time to explain than the urban legend of, you know, a billionaire heiress having a lizard snake baby thing and hiding I it mean, in a series of catacombs no, no, no. under a mall. Oh no, those are, those are those are the Get kind it. of things that I wish I wish they could have done the original one because you know they could have saved the story of that in a later season. Yeah, they could have. Oh, like, but you know, again, again, they we're not even sure if they would have been you know they would have been appreciated. Um, give, no, given a second season to work with. Well, so that's I guess true. Just, yeah, that's true. But I just I just wish it was. I just really wish it was more than six. Actually, like give me ten. Yeah, they, for sure. Yeah, do they not, could they could do yeah. what they wanted or what they wanted for these six episodes, but little breathing time, little more in a uh, little more in depth characterization and like mm-hmm. in, into all the demons and everything. Like uh, four more episodes would have been much better. Yeah, even but, well. Oh well. Two extra episodes would have been fine. Something else oh, that was well. fun about like the original comics um, that to some degree they translated on the show was that there were so many pop Filipino pop culture gags. It wasn't just like like um, you know fight a, fighting an electric demon in front of Miralco headquarters. <laughs> it was I'm also bad. stuff like you know they would riff on things like local superheroes like Darna and even Pandai was in there to a degree. Um, yep. You'd have like. Do you uh, remember that? Okay. Julio Valiente, for heaven's sake, was one of the warriors (laughs) who was helping her father with the balete tree. And like, come on, these are like local pop culture reference points. It wasn't just horror, it was everything that Silla Budget and Kadro grew up with. And that was part of the fun. So, yeah, I would love to, to have seen more pop culture gags, but I understand why they had to. 
for lack of a better word, internationalize it for every, for general audiences. And but what we got here is kind of awesome because you've yeah. never seen things like tikbalangs, janaks, aswang catering to an international audience before, but now they are, and it's awesome. Yeah, yep. and even even how even just like urban legends or how some people are actually connected to real life people. Like let's say we're not naming names or anything, but this is an actual rumor usually going on between um, female celebrities and, you know, getting pregnant and, you know, mm-hmm. going off the yeah. radar for a while and then mm-hmm. giving birth and then going back. And they turned it into something mythological. They turned it into this whole Chanak arc, which just like totally makes sense because one, it's you you have the creature itself, the Chanak, and two, you mm-hmm. give it a more recent or you you, you update it because of mm-hmm. how you connect it to the culture of oh celebrities getting pregnant and hiding yep. the baby. So it's just yep. even more relatable that secret. way, and I love it. Yeah, but now it's I can't shake the thought. It's actually one of the, the more thought. heartbreaking stories, right? But now I can't shake the thought that like, you know, half of these um, aesthetic clinics, you know, run backdoor <laughs> abortions in the back. <laughs> oh shit, yeah. And I was like, holy crack. Holy they did moly. not just go there. <laughs> I know. They went there, I guess. Mm-hmm. So That's pretty must, dark. Must, you know, where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't know, maybe. If I had to choose, to be perfectly honest, I think that actually was my favorite episode. That one um, with Nova Aurora, the 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 starlet who yeah. has an abortion or you know tries to get her baby killed, and the baby comes back as an undead force of the underworld. Yeah, I, I like, like that, that one because that was the episode that I think for me it it um, it had the most time to breathe. Yeah. With its presentation. Because yeah. it wasn't trying Actually. to forward the overall arc. It just mm-hmm. yeah, focused it mostly focused on this, more. these characters and their situation. And that, that was cool. I liked it. I could have used more of that. Yeah. So that, that's what you're, yeah. we were saying. That just focus on the case. And in that mm-hmm. way, you also saw the motivations or, or yeah. like of, of the creature itself. It's like, why why is this creature attacking? Oh, it just wants its mom. You know, it, it gives it a gives it a depth. purpose. Yeah, purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I liked also something about that episode was instead of trying to push the overall narrative, other than a token mention at the end where somebody tells her that she should be careful about who she trusts, that they were able to flesh out like side characters like like Hank the bartender. Hey! I love so, Hank. <laughs> Hank is like Hank is actually a real person. Okay, he's based on a real bartender, a real rock star that we know. And in the show, um, they turned him into your Tito's Tito with his <laughs> '70s car and his eight-track music playing and his overpowering car- cologne. I like that. You know, I like funny. that part where the the cumbal were riding in him, and then they were trying to open the windows. Riding in him? Riding Wait, in what? Him. Oh my god! Wait, did you watch? Oh my god! You're disgusting. Riding, riding in his car, riding in his car. Fuck. Okay. You're you're offensive. Just so we're clear, riding in the car. Okay. Okay. Just so we're clear. Let's try that again. Let's try that again. Okay, I like that bit where the kambal riding in his car, and they were trying to figure out how to open 
how to open the windows and you know because he had this 1970s 80s car which had those you know those things you had to wind <laughs> so that you bring the window down they were trying to you're trying to figure out how to open that thing like well, sp- oh, or, or like fighting over the playlist which yes. you know yeah. has they happened fig- to all they couldn't of us figure out, they couldn't figure out the tapes <laughs> Wait, but, but you know what's funny also about the, this while we're on the topic of technology how Alexandra held on her 3310 you oh know, to, su- to summon <laughs> to summon the spirit of the great Binondo fire but like everyone else around her has a smartphone <laughs> well you know if you had to have something you know, if you had to have a cell phone summon a spirit of the fire and throw that phone around you'd have to have a 3310 right yeah that's I guess true you, would. you could kill a dude with that and I mean, still be able throw- to text she throws that phone around and it's still alive. She's using it, you know. <laughs> Good like, point. Eh. Good point. Right. Something yeah, she doesn't need to indestructible. Mm-hmm. I wonder how many people have actually tried dialing the date of the Santelmo fire, of the Binondo fire, trying to summon a fire demon. Ooh, should we try right now? What, what, uh, no, I don't have a 3310. <laughs> Not on smartphones. Oh, well. What did you guys think about the action sequences, though? Because Jay Oliva, the director, is a veteran of a lot of um, DC animated projects and even did some storyboard work for Zack Snyder. And <laughs> he did stories. <laughs> his, his, his DC no, animated if, stuff is actually pretty solid. So, what did you guys think you, of it here? If you, uh, if I mean, I, I think it, it's not the smooth. You know, it's not as smooth as the DC, the DC animated stuff he's done. He's he's the guy who architect. You know, he was the architect of the DC animated movie universe. You know, like he did like more than ten movies of this, of this one overarching. You know, this shared universe DC movies. Yeah, yeah, but it was pretty cool. It just you know compared to that quality of work to to what Tresia has come. I mean, it's pretty cool. It's 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 good, but it's nowhere near to. You know, I guess it's probably budget constraints or… But they're not superheroes here. I mean, like, no, like, it, it doesn't come off as smooth as those an, those animation that he's done before. It, it, you know, like, it's how they move. It's kind of, like, blocky. It, yeah, it it's, it's, uh, yeah. It's, I, it sometimes feel rushed. Like, parang it, you know, the artists weren't given enough time to do the proper animation just, just to move properly. Yeah, I think I I know what you mean. Like probably given the time constraints, they didn't have time to really like animate like all the in betweens that would make it smoother. Like draw that frame per frame yeah. per frame per frame slowly. Yeah. So they had it. It, it yeah. did feel a little bit choppy, but for the most part, it at least it was consistent. It was. Yeah, I, yeah that's. Yeah, it was consistent. Not, so it, yun na style niya. So I just accepted it as that. Yeah. The, yun, yun I, I, it was like like your usual anime where like they went big in the first fight or in the Aswang mark in the wet market the Aswang wet market mm-hmm. and then they had like a <laughs> like a semi big fight with electric demon in the th- second episode third episode was a little laid back with the Chanaks that were yeah barely moving and then four was mostly subdued but then they blew the budget on five and six when shit really starts happening so it was like it was like those animes like you remember Slam Dunk where it took two weeks to do a free throw Jesus <laughs> so Christ they were, basically they would save the budget until you know until for everything that happens after the free throw but for now we gotta kill time so yes for now, two weeks for a fucking free throw for now you've only got the cheerleaders doing two Two moves. <laughs> up and down, up and down, up and down. <laughs> Good times. Or like or like how Vegeta would monologue for a week and a half before throwing a punch. That kind yeah. of shit. So you know, they would they basically they would save the budget for where it counts. That that's how it hit yeah. me. 
I, I understood. I guess yeah. I don't. It's, I, actually, I don't know if it's a bad thing. Eh, na ganon na. Oh, I understand because budget. I understand because time constraints. Alam mo yon, parang, That's true. At, we shouldn't be thinking point, of those things. At what point should we start Accept understand? Or, yeah. Or or parang are we making excuses or are we just true. settling? Or I don't know. But it's it's a good thing to also know and understand, I guess, and be open minded mm-hmm. to that thing. But standards wise, for me at least, yeah, it's not like a lot of anime I've watched. Even in my childhood, which were like in the 90s pa, that might have been even smoother. But, you know, it's pa, pa, I, para sa akin, consistent siya. Regardless of the, the quality of it, it's still a great achievement. I mean, yeah. l- local local product, you know, international internationally known now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. you know, an, internationally, an international streaming service. I mean, like we have… Like one of the more well-known comic book artists raving about it, right? Like mm-hmm. Gail Simone. Misha sent me this tweet. Yeah, that, you know, she's Gail, a Gail writer. Simone. Yeah, she's a writer for for of comic of, books. You know, one, one of, of the best. The, and one of she, the best. She knows Jay Oliva from his adaptations of her DC projects, and she was like, "We're addicted to this show," <laughs> and that was just so she freaking can't get cool. Enough. Because like, it's if a, you look at like the early books, you'll see in the back where they put letters and you know little bonus things. Um, one of their earliest supporters was actually Neil Gaiman, and that helped the show get a big boost. And when they actually started printing for an international market in 2018, they crowdsourced it initially. And they were able to meet their crowdsourcing goals, crowdfunding goals, because Neil Gaiman retweeted the call to action. So this thing has, I mean, Tresa has always had its international fans and now it gets to build a bigger base. It's no longer a niche thing, which is really Mm -hmm. cool. Yeah, big picture, it's doing great. I think we're just hmm. nitpicking at this point. <laughs> yeah, we, but I think it's, we are. Yeah, overall, it's still it's still great. But Agreed. you know, it's it's still it's still worth talking about. For Mm-mm. feedback is always good for what they can improve mm. on because at least we're saying this with a lot of love for the material. Yes, um, I, I do have one gripe about. The, the whole production is that for the English dub, which I didn't appreciate, was they were trying to use Filipino colloquial. Like the yeah, word bossing. Yeah, that was weird. That was just bossing. So you can't say bossing in English. It doesn't work. Yeah, just, you know, if you just wanted to say bossing, you could have just went with boss because it just sounded yeah, so Yeah, boss is cool. Off. Boss word. You know, like, there's also like, a way uh, of saying like like boss. But like even here, yeah. you just, even yeah. if you're yep. just, but, even locally, but you, you were, just say boss. But if you were to translate, because we know that in Taga in 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 the original comic books that they would actually say bossing, and you would know, you know, being a Filipino, you would know what what bossing meant, and you could actually say it in that in the way that we would say it. But if you were somebody who, right. who grew up in a different going. country, you know, the word bossing is like why are they calling you know, her a it, verb? Yeah, like <laughs> I mean, like right, exactly. And then it just it just sounds so weird if you hear, especially that when you hear true. the wait, wait, where do you want to go? Bossing. It sounds so, I don't know, blocky but, how they but, but would even the cool, say it or deliver that. Okay. I get what you're that's saying. The one, and that's exactly the one what I have. That's why I had to watch the Filipino dub because it just didn't work in my head. Yeah. Because they were trying so hard to be Filipino speaking English, but you could tell that it's not where they were coming I, from. I could forgive Shay Mitchell for 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 the um the incantations because you know they are incantations. But then you know, yeah. Filipino colloquial does not translate well if you if you're going to say the exact same word in an English sentence. Wait a minute, you can't forgive her for the incantations. Do you know what happens when you say incantations wrong? <laughs> 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 At least she summoned the right demons. 
<laughs> yeah. We understood the accent. Plot armor. No, but but like, I, other, I get they, what you're saying. Um, because the incantations themselves, they're in like completely entirely in Tagalog. So even if you mess the accent up, at least you're saying it completely. So when you have these English dubs saying bossing, it's it's kind of like Taglish in our in our sense. But Taglish works for our accent. Taglish doesn't not, work when you're no. predominantly speaking English and then sneak in Tagalog in there. It's not natural yes. because that doesn't exist. <laughs> Can I just say something mm-hmm. though? It was freaking awesome in whatever dub you're watching, English or Filipino, when somebody would say, Putang ina. That was yes! awesome. <laughs> yes! It was so shocking at first because so you're used to watching. Yes. You're used to watching anime as a kid with no swearing. Right? So since it did feel nostalgic and when you're watching it like, oh, it's like watching old school anime and then they say, puta. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a pleasant surprise. I'm so glad they're able to swear. <laughs> There's a there's another colloquialism, not so much colloquialism, but it's also like a local reference point. Going back to what we were talking about earlier, um, that doesn't tra- that didn't translate. Crispin and Basilio, the names of the Kambal. They're not referred to by those names in the English dub at all, because you know then you'd have to explain who Crispin and Basilio are in our in our literary history. But yeah. in the Filipino dub, you don't need to explain that stuff. You don't. Need so that's to, why in yeah. the English dub, they're just boys. Oh, yeah. that's sad though. I didn't I didn't get to the part like since I did flip-flop, I didn't Mm-mm. know that they weren't called their names. But that's kind of sad. Mm-hmm. Like, why don't you have names? They're just like <laughs> they're just it's, it's just like, oh, explain. it's short hair guy and ponytail uh, or and half ponytail guy. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's sad. I didn't know that. Um, with regard to like, remember how we were saying earlier that the episodes feel kind of overstuffed or like they were rushing, rushing, rushing. It was weird in that for all that rushing, they still saw fit to use the last two episodes as an even bigger info dump. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh and my God. Like the, the last the, episode. Where he was monologuing. Mono- oh my God. He was monologuing for like 20 minutes. Oh yeah, that's yeah, Vegeta. I'm like, come on, Vegeta. You're like Vegeta now. It's like most of the episode. Because it's 20 minutes, the runtime of the is like 30, 30, 31 minutes or something. I don't know. Parang old school anime talaga. Ang dami niya explain. Yun na yun. Yun na yun. So you know, oh shit's about to go down. They're, so, they're, like, they're telling the story like, of their life. Shit's about to go pero, down. But that was during that part. while he was monologuing, so one of my favorite moments is monologue, 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 and then Captain Guerrero comes up with a rocket launcher, shoots the face. Boom! I, like, oh, ah, I would do cool. the same. I would do <laughs> the same. It's like oh, shot. That's fucking cool. <laughs> like tak ina ang igay mo. Boom! It's like oh. <laughs> So that, again, that's how terrible. that's how you shoot a god in the face, though. See, the the god the bad the big bad in question is basically a god of war named Talagbusao, and apparently budget found a reference to him like one or two paragraphs in an old book called the Book of Souls, and that's where he got his descriptions, his definitions for a lot of the creatures that they ended up using on the show. But the thing about Talagbusao is because there's only like one paragraph or two paragraphs describing this god of war, which he didn't even know existed, he felt he could go all in and making up whatever the hell he wanted. And he did. And it's really cool the way they realized him. You know, nothing can take him out. They hit him with modern weapons. He's all bloody and gory, but he reforms like Wolverine. And 
the only thing I didn't like about him was his monologue. Oh my <laughs> god, he did like as in he, like worse than a James Bond villain. He was just monologuing like for twenty minutes straight, explaining how everything fit together. His plans. <laughs> it's a classic his villain plans, monologue. Her history. <laughs> how we're not so different, you and I. I'm like, oh my god, stop talking. You've been <laughs> you've been lied to by your father, etc., etc. Mm-hmm. Look inside. Yeah. You know it. It's true. <laughs> Make it stop. <laughs> that's why. That's why he got a rocket launcher to his face. I know. <clears throat> if only they had more rockets. Oh. Ah. Oh well. <laughs> yeah. You know. Still though, it's pretty cool that you know you get this badass villain based off to based off of on two paragraphs. I got a question. That is a though, lot of but... imagination. That, that's great though. Mm-hmm. I got a yep. question about the ending though. So like, she makes a portal, right? And then she pulls him into it. And then does she go to hell with him? Or do they end up like at that balete tree where she earned her heritage? I I, I, I got kind of lost. I think the balete tree is some sort of a portal-ish type where, you know, she has… I, I don't know. That's what the balete tree was supposed to represent in the book. Because you, 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 apparently that balete tree was supposed to test her, right? Yeah, that was like her great trial. So she can be the… What is it? Babaylan Magdirigma. So I assumed on the books, you know, based on the books, this was that when you entered the balete tree, that in itself would bring you to a different world. Because… You know, that's how I pictured it. That's how I imagined it in the book. So how I is that know. a punishment Did- for the big bad by breaking him to the tree? Supernatural shit. So it's, you know, it's I magic. Felt- it's hard to explain. I felt like <laughs> it was cliffhanger for a next season. That's yeah. Good. That's how I felt. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so they, they don't like really explain outright where she went like Mm-mm. or why she went to that balletta tree, which by the way, I was a little shooketh at the entrance shaped like a vagina but that aside (laughs) (laughs) tell me it's it's true it did look like a vagina but i would not be the one to point such things out because clearly i am the nice one (laughs) i did not notice as well because i have been watching on no i've been watching we've been watching on the ipad because the baby sleeps so we can't we can't watch on the tv now you you don't need a big screen to say it doesn't it looks like a vagina but anyway. yeah, what the hell, man? So what? You don't, you want to recognize a vagina on a screen? <laughs> I don't know. It did, I'm gonna t- I'm notice. gonna rephrase that. You wouldn't. Re- you don't recognize a vagina on a touch screen? Oh my no. god. Anyway, I don't yeah. know. I didn't notice what it looked like. It didn't. I'll, I'll watch again. I'll see if it does look like a vagina. <laughs> yeah, notice in her training when she enters the tree. Ah, uh, enters. Oh, oh. Makes yeah, sense I know. Yeah. Ooh. Anyway. <laughs> So yeah, yeah that Anjo, ending... next time you watch it on your iPad, you can pinch and zoom. <laughs> no! <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> oh, man. I, regret, is... I regret mentioning it now. I shouldn't have brought it up in the first place. But anyway, yeah, I felt, I felt like it was a bit cliffhanger because I wasn't sure why she went there or if that That's really true. is the place or is it like some creepy dimension taking her back to her past? It wasn't really clear, but Again, uh, season two, hopefully. Yeah. Yes, hopefully. I'm actually interested in how all that ties into the mid-credits cliffhanger. Because that was pretty cool. And actually, is something that we've not seen in any of the books. Oh, um, yeah. the, the, mid, the mid-credits 
te- uh, the mid credit scene um, for the finale shows Chinese vampires coming out of Binondo, which I think is absolutely badass. That's so That's cool. super new. Of course, Binondo, since it's Chinese. <laughs> Chinatown, just, of course. And uh, yeah, I want to see where they go. But like, like all mm-hmm. the things that we said earlier, I hope that they're able to take their time with this one. Yes. I honestly think mm-hmm. the show's already proven its stripes. Filipinos all over mm-hmm. the world have gone crazy for it. Like, Trece broke the top 10 in like, 20 countries yes. on Netflix yes, because people did. have just the Filipinos have just been so um, well number one okay here's the thing number one Filipinos love to see themselves on the screen whether it's like a reality show or like a bit part in a movie or whatever Pinoy it's pride, the first Pinoy pride. but it, this is the first time we've actually had a piece of pop culture entertainment designed specifically for us from mm-hmm. us essentially by us so mm-hmm. this is a big Base. deal <laughs> It's it's it, this is what people talk about with regards to representation. It really matters. Yes, it does. Yes. Whether it it doesn't have to be something big, blockbustery, multi-million dollar movie. It can be something based on a small, initially self-published comic book of a badass hero kicking demon butt, you know, in Metro Manila. Because at the end of the day, it, it it's the context that matters. Mm-hmm. I mean, what we've got for these short but still very jam-packed episodes, still something to be very proud of. Because mm-hmm. it's not yes. just a character being, being Filipino. It, it's an entire culture. It's not just the folklore. It's even like it doesn't shy away from realities in the mm-hmm. current in the current state of the Philippines. Like you have corrupt mm-hmm. politicians. Oh God. You yeah. even you even have like corrupt businessmen here, which is mm-hmm. sadly such a huge reality. And so it's not just about the supernatural here. You're also touching on things it's, that we experience every single day. And while not everybody sees a white lady or a tikbalang or a chanak, you still see these other monsters, which is very highly quoted in the in the TV series also, that it's not just the monsters or the demons, the supernatural that Absolutely. are evil. Yeah. It's like there that, are horrors in the, real the, the people one, as well. The one thing that, that kind of struck me was um, in one of those episodes, I think it was episode four with the, the precinct episode where mm-hmm. Captain yes, Guerrero… Yes, oh my God, that gave me Cap- chills. Yep. When Captain, Captain Guerrero was telling off his, his two men, uh, like saying like, you're not supposed to treat people that way. It's like, oh yeah, we have we have dirty cops like that too. We do. And even just the… Even just the the that addict that they they um arrested like even just like say the names of your of your victims like even acknowledging that the police mm-hmm. brutality that happens like that gave me chills it really did so it's not just it's very current and you know absolutely up, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah goosebumps it's up it's updated it is you know, updated this, this, yeah the material was originally written what to in er, before 2010. It was written in like 2005. And yeah. in recent interviews, Budget actually has been quoted as saying that they didn't really… They didn't intend for it to be a political work. In fact, it's kind of depressing how the stuff that they wrote about 15 years ago is still current now with regards uh. to the non-monsters. You know, when it comes yeah, to the people parts. It's depressing that this stuff still happens. Yeah. But it's also why it's… Such, it's such good work because it's highly it's relatable, especially for 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 us. 
Because we experience that on a daily basis, even now, you know, since the books were written in 2005, it's now 2021 and it's still happening. It's kind of cool that it translated well because, you know, when Filipinos everywhere watch it, it's like, ah, alam kuyan, oh, yeah, the government's not working well enough for us to supply good that's public not transport. Cool. Ah, that's yeah. kind of depressing. It is a little depressing. cool in a way that we. No, that's super it depressing. depressing. <laughs> it's, 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 it it's depressing. And what I'm trying to say is that, yeah, I mean, like people. People, Filipinos all over the world can relate to that. Like, there, that's a, yeah. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. It's not cool. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, I wish it wasn't the case, but it is, and I guess that just makes it all the more powerful. Absolutely. I mean, if like the you know they 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 say when you're gonna make art or whatever, you 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 start with what you know, mm-hmm. and at some point you know you can't help but put bits of yourself into your creations. And in this case, they put things that every Filipino can relate to, and that's that's both good and bad. It's good in that there's something we can all universally agree on, but it's also bad in that holy crap, why is this still happening? It's like at some point you would rather <laughs> fight Janaks Aswang and Tikbalang. Rather than deal with, you know, endless corruption, backroom abortions of celebrities and um, persecution of drug addicts and whatnot. Oh, China, please. Yeah, I think we're better off with the Chinese vampires. I'd rather go drag racing with the horse or something. I think I found the right word for it more than anything. I think it's not, it's familiar to us all. Yeah. Yeah. Like I think that that would be the best word to describe it. That's why I find it really, really cool. Mm-hmm. Even if it's like a depressing topic. Okay. Yeah. Um, closing thoughts. Would you recommend this show and why? Fuck yeah. I'm sorry. Putang I didn't even ina. let you finish. Putang I didn't ina. even let you finish. I'm like, fuck yeah. I'll take Putang that. Yes. Oh, oh. <laughs> well, this is, that- is coming from me who initially has not read the comic books. I still really enjoyed it. And it just gave me, I mean, the term Pinoy Pride can be misused in so many ways. It's so cliche, but this is where I genuinely felt it. And it's not just because like, oh, so-and-so has half Filipino blood is in a, and it is in a, and he or she are, they're in a big Hollywood movie of some sort. But they got half a Hindi 180. <laughs> one sixteen in oh a singing God. contest or something. Ooh, but ah. this, this is like genuinely birthed here, you know? Like every every single thing. So it really does give you that sense of pride. And even though it has its gaps and its its holes or you know, shortcomings, I'm Vagina still tree. Yes. <laughs> uh, I am so incredibly proud that this is ours because yes. it just says how rich of a culture we do have. And I wish they could expound more on that in season two because we have so many great stories to tell, not just our urban legends and mythology and not just like our current reality of like terrible human beings, but it's just such a great representation of us and it just it made me interested in reading the comics and I think that's also an important part like uh, getting to know the source material and appreciating it in another medium and I do not regret it reading the books like wow like this did they this really, turn you into a bigger fan yes it did yes. and it made me even want to watch the series again and see more to it 
you know, and maybe get a haircut with cool bangs like that. I don't know, but <laughs> it's like great. one one giant bang, in like the one middle. one giant widow's peak somewhere in the middle, or <laughs> or I it makes me want to like, wear a uh, long trench coat in the Metro Manila then, heat. Okay. But it's it's uh, so so much to love, so much to love about I, it. I actually want to see the reprinted ones, the ones that they that was crowdsourced. Because you know, I want to see the quote unquote remaster of the comic books. Cause <laughs> oh, that's what that I'm. That's it. what I'm reading now. It is great. Because mm. like, yeah, the so- the ones being sold now are based on the 2018 remaster, which is not to be confused with the 2013 remaster. So basically, if you guys have like the old art from 2005, um, that's not being printed anymore. So hold on to that. Yeah, but the new Yay. ones are so pretty. Yeah. But it, I, I'm just so in I love the, with the, the whole ones. story in itself. Even just from the series without the books. I, I'm just like, mm-hmm. yes, give me a season two right now. I want a season Please. two. I, w- I want a season two. Mm. I want a season two. I can't two, say two. anything better than what she just said. I mean, she, she, she hit all the points. She That was brilliant. Yeah, I I'm not even going to try. Contribute. <laughs> Same. Uh. Well, we can contribute the yes, we recommend it. And then yes, MJ's comments. Or like, or yes. like how, about, how about something? How about something from people who read the book before the seeing before seeing the series? <laughs> for the for the people who have read it before the okay, series so and yeah, are I'm skeptical. Gonna I'm gonna try. No, no, no. I, I, I was skeptical going in, but when I saw the first trailer, I, I was all in, honestly. Because um this is something that I've seen grow over the years. I know how passionate the fans are. And if you look at like their official Facebook group, some of them, some of them, they really, really, really are into this. Um, lo- the show was announced like in November 2018, but um, the the online discourse is going on for so long, for so many years. They were wondering: Will there be a live action? Will there be an animated thing? Is it going to be a movie? Whatever. That when Netflix finally announced it in November 2018, they they just went nuts. So they were analyzing each and every single thing about it, from the casting to the locations to the to the animation style. But when it finally came out, it was just like this really, really big feeling of people coming together for something they loved. And for like a couple of hours, when that thing dropped at midnight on June 11, they could put aside all that pettiness, all that snarkiness, all that nitpicking because they just wanted to see their hero on the screen. And if nothing else, Netflix gave that to us. They gave us a hero who is ours. They gave us a hero doing things that are supernatural, sure, but it was in situations and contexts that we could recognize, that we could own, that were familiar to us. Absolutely, Anjo was right. And for me, I cannot put a price tag on that. That's just an insane mm-hmm. feeling of bringing us all together. And I heartily recommend it for anyone Filipino or if you grew up in the city, in Manila, or even if you just have a passing interest in some kind of mythology that doesn't involve vampires and werewolves there is something here for you to discover you know there's more to the world than western mythology and western supernatural stuff and it's about damn time that we got to see some of these creatures realized with the the the, the infinite possibilities of animation um it's it's updated from what we saw in the books you know some of the tech is updated the outfits are updated a little bit and they over they overall they streamline the designs, but at the end of the day, it's still recognizably that world that these two young advertising guys created in the early two thousands, and it's just awesome. I cannot wait for a second season. Yes. Yeah, you said you pretty much said everything that I felt. Um, <laughs> <laughs> he 
except that you know everything's updated except Alexander Tress's phone. <laughs> <laughs> no, but yeah, um, thirty-three ten for life. Yeah, but uh, yeah, somebody who's read the books and you know a big fan of of what uh, Budgetan and Kajo Balismo came up with is that I'm I'm just glad that we're being represented on such a global scale and it's being done really well. Like people from all over the world have been exposed uh, are now exposed to what what the folklore is like or mm-hmm. not just the culture, how rich um, our our folklore is. You know, it's not just going to be about um, your typical Greek, Norse, or, or, you know, Japanese mythology. Now the Filipino mythology is out there too. That which is, is so cool. That's that super cool. That would be cool. amazing. Just like mm-hmm. other other countries, just like seeing mm-hmm. how how rich that culture is. Or even yeah. it, the possibilities of these characters getting recognized and being made stories out of too. yeah and, and not only that it's it's also bringing back um uh Filipinos to what grassroots are because I'm pretty sure Filipinos are more familiar with with Greek mythology more than Filipino mythology so that's what what's pretty cool is that you know kids these days are going to be more familiar with with the tikbalang or what what the white ladies what or or, or like capre when if if a season if, or what capres are if should there be a season two that would come out? Some, uh, something that's neat also, uh, I don't think, sorry, I didn't get to mention earlier, was that I like the way that what you said, they used um, they, they, they used uh, the mythology, but they were able to weave it into the current social political context. Yo, I just said that. But um, <laughs> no, I like it because it makes it, it, no, 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 no. It makes it current. <laughs> it makes kidding. it relevant in a lot of ways yep. that… M- I'm sorry to say that a lot of local productions, a lot of local um, attempts of integrating mythology just fall flat because it comes across as like a token attempt for mm-hmm. for some. It feels like they're force feeding it to you. But here it's you know, this, it's an organic part of the world. Yeah. yeah it's, it's not so, so contrived. Yes, so absolutely. Because, you know, I've lost track how many Captain Philippine variants we have of, you know, people dressed in the flag of some sort. And like, okay, we get it. You're Filipino. But, you know, to see it in this context, in the context of like a gritty um, film noirish mystery anime thing and having it make some kind of sense… I would choose that anytime mm-hmm. over uh, forced like, flag waving. Just because you know subtlety works wonders. You know it's not mm-hmm. it's not force feeding. It's not it's not you know slapping somebody in the face with 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 national uh, nationalism. It's like it's so subtle. It's like not even her outfit looks vaguely Pinoy. It looks like it's a not it's not Filipino for the sake of being Filipino, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep, yep. It's just it's just so, so organic mm-hmm. because the world was already built that way. Mm-hmm. So they didn't have to go very far. Oh yeah, spirit detective that is just a perfect way of weaving mm-hmm. everything together. So that world just makes sense. The the Absolutely. Manila underworld Yep. So yes. Yeah. Talk about crime, politics, corruption, mm-hmm. monsters, demons. Now we're, now we're, we're probably gonna awesome. see. We're probably gonna see like something related to a Chinese triad in Binondo in the next season. You know, based off on the mid credit scene. Ooh, of the Chinese how vampire. awesome would it be if they put in that um, ch- fil- Filipino Chinese? Um, you know, traditions there and you'd see a cameo of Chris Aquino doing feng shui shit. <laughs> I actually like feng shui one. Can I just say? <laughs> yeah, right? So it's like, oh my God, can you please give us a Chris Aquino Easter egg somewhere there if while you're in Binondo? 
<laughs> I will see your Chris Aquino Easter yeah. egg and raise you. What if those Chinese vampires know Kung Fu and they spent the budget on that fight? Ni Kung Fu, Wu Shu. But I would love that. I would Fine. love that. Because, <laughs> you know, the traditional that would be cool, the traditional depiction of Chinese vampires is basically them with their arms outstretched and hopping. It's not very threatening at all. Hopping. <laughs> it's funny though. Yeah, well, I, I well, love those that's Chinese That's the only word for it. They're fucking hopping. <laughs> well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Lots of hope for season two. And we genuinely wish that whatever... In- could be improved on, will be improved on in mm-hmm. season two. Should there be a season two? But what we have for season one is something we can be very well proud of. Damn well proud of. Absolutely. And if anyone is pirating this show, you go to hell and you die. I was going to make a joke, but I couldn't think of one. I'm too sleepy. <laughs> I was going to… Okay, fine. Ito. Uh, no, it's not a good joke. But anyway, we can just end it. <laughs> you can just go and die or like… or. You're gonna die, and then Alexandra Tres is gonna go f- come for you in the underworld and kill you again. Yeah, because piracy is a crime. Derek Ramsey will be there with her. Oh my god, that'll be with hilarious. tomatoes. Remember, <laughs> with Remember, tomatoes. Hold on to your tomatoes. Tomatisco. <laughs> All right. Okay. So I guess that's an episode. We definitely enjoyed Trece. And we, if you haven't seen it yet, totally recommend it to you. And if you, we hope you liked it as much as we did. And thanks for listening. Pengen chocolate. That's a weird ending. I'm sorry. I just really want chocolate right now. You can look us up on Facebook, Subo Tours, We Like Movies, where we talk about the latest movie news, memes, and all around nonsense. You can also get updates on our newest episodes. And see what's coming up. Subscribe to hey. our podcast. Subscribe oh, to our podcast. Follow. You're, are you a ghost or a Russian? I'm confused now. I don't know. Are you a I'm Russian a ghost? A mumure. Is he the Baba Yaga? Right idea. Wrong ghost. Uh, okay. Oh. So that's our cue. <laughs> We're going off the rails. Yeah, that was. Yeah, let's let's. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We are the Saboteurs. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Let us know what you Hi. think about Trese. I'm Misha. I'm MJ. And I'm Anjo. Magandang gabi. Paalam. Bayan? <laughs> no. Just no. No.